0: Welcome back to A3's The Academy Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Beckwith. I am here today with Logan Kilgore and AJ Orange. Today we are here to finish a conversation from last week where we were talking about mindset and success and what it takes to learn. If you haven't learned before, what it takes to succeed and and how to create a mindset of success. And today, what we're going to do is finish this conversation as a part two of relaxation under stress, meaning competition, whatever it is that you can think of studying for a test, a job interview, whatever that might be, and understanding what relaxation is. Because a lot of times I think that gets misconstrued that people think that when you say relax, you're not taking things seriously or you're being nonchalant about something. That's not at all what we're talking about here. And there's a book that I'd like to recommend that anybody who's serious about getting to the next level of whatever it is, whether it's academics, athletics, business, or just a person in general, there's a book called Relax and Win. And this is by coach Bud Winter, who was the famous track coach for San Jose State when they were Speed City. If Anybody remembers the name Tommy Smith, 1968 gold medalist in the 200 meters. It's a very special book. Uh, To me, I was told to read this book by a coach that said he wouldn't work with me unless I had read this book because it was so serious to him that at the higher levels of competition, you really got to understand who you are yourself. Like we were talking about last week of creating your own brand, but also understanding what it takes to perform under pressure. And the number one way to be able to be at your peak performance is to understand relaxation have recovered your sleep, everything else that goes with it. And the premise of this book is you had a coach, Bud Winter, who was a football and track coach at San Jose State University. World War II happens. He and one of his coaching colleagues went into the military together. His job and, uh, well, along with his coaching colleague was to create a program for de-stressing fighter pilots. And one example of this would be coming off of a major mission. They're in their cockpit and they had to fall asleep within 90 seconds so that they had enough time to get a 30 minute nap in before their next mission. And that's a, that's a thing that is not easy to do. It takes a lot of practice and and throughout the book, it gives just numerous examples and exercises to learn. And I can still, to this day, put my head on a pillow and go through these exercises and within two minutes I'm out. And it drives my wife crazy that I can still do that, but it's a, it's an important skill and AJ, you and I've talked about it in the gym that we can fall asleep anywhere and that's a skill that can be learned. And I want to open this up because you two have had such success in your professional careers and had you have not understood what it was to stay calm in the stressful moments success wouldn't have happened and we've talked about this uh, multiple times on this podcast about how many times have you've known someone that was just an absolute freak of nature and again this this could be from a genius level standpoint as well in the academia side or the business side and it just didn't work out for them And, and in the athletic world we see this quite often that you see someone that can just blow the doors off anybody and they just Don't have what it takes to make it. And it's sad to watch and they're given multiple chances and it just doesn't happen. And a lot of that comes down to how do you handle stress? How do you take care of yourself under stress? And then what are you processing? How are you perceiving things? And then that goes back to what we were talking about last week with the mindset of of perception of wins and losses and failures and gains and, and all of those things. And so I'd like to open that up and and really get down to what that means. What does relaxation mean in the moment?
1: I, I think for me, I just I just want to say that I never learned the skill to fall asleep. I think it was just something that happened for me like as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I've just kind of grown up. And like especially I think it started when I was in college, like 6 a.m., tired all the time. I think I put my head down in class and fall asleep in two minutes or be at home and I need to take a quick 30-minute nap before I get to practice. And I think it was one of those things like I taught myself Mm -hmm. how to just relax and fall asleep. But um, for somebody like myself, relaxing has always been, like, I guess key for me because I play defense, right? And I never know what the offense is going to do. And if somebody makes a great play on me, I got to remain calm. And, you know, like I'm always inside. I've always been like inside of my head no matter what's going on and able to just to talk myself through those situations especially especially like the really stressful ones like you know teams up scoring a lot of touchdowns and you know everybody's looking at me to make a play or somebody's going to make a play and do something it's those times where you got to like remain calm relax and then focus on the things that will that you've had success doing right so um for me it's always just been one of those things where like consciously you think about all right. What do I need to do to stay calm? What are the things that I've been doing? And for me, it's always been like breathing, going through like technique, just the basics, fundamentals and stuff like that versus getting in my head, becoming emotional and just like lashing out because that's when you get into trouble.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, specifically last year um, against Ottawa at home when, you know, towards the end of the game, they pretty much, uh, you know, AJ's always had the task, as a boundary corner um for those of you that don't know a boundary corner in the cfl is your best defender um as far as cover guy and they typically uh cover the other team's best wide receiver and the reason being that the field is so wide that you put your best receivers into the boundary and which is the short side of the field and that's where you put your best corner so i remember in a game last year uh i think it was three routes in a row mm-hmm. into the boundary They literally, with no time on the clock, went straight at AJ three times in a row. And I was standing on the sideline, just like, you know, you're just hoping your defense makes a play and you don't know who it's going to be, whatever. But after the first one, in my head as a quarterback, I was thinking, okay, to me, it was obvious our best corner was better than their best receiver. And then the next play, they tried it again. And I'm He like, was a brand new guy, too. Yeah, and I was like, was okay, so they else. switched the guy and went after the same defender that's now made two extremely clutch plays on our own two-yard line, mm-hmm. literally trying to defend a route on a huge field. And on third and goal, they did the same thing, and we ended up winning the game. He made a, a game-winning interception. But at the end of the day, I remember thinking at that moment that that wasn't a rookie out there playing defense. It was somebody that knew how to stay level-headed, and even when he was celebrating after the first or second one, it wasn't to a point where he lost focus in the moment. And I, it was weird being on the other side, but so close to it. You know what I mean? Like go against AJ all the time. I've probably thrown more routes against him than any other defense because we've played together for a few years. So um, I just know that kind of mindset. I see that through him just in that moment specifically was a very excited – You know, celebrating defender, but then at the same time able to completely calm himself and stay in the moment. And I think that when you're talking about relaxing, you know, it's not just in the end of the day. I think there needs to be relaxation through your most stressful time of the day. Mm -hmm. There needs to be, you know, relaxation before a big meeting or before a big, you know, whatever, Um, or during a workout, you know, whatever, whether it's just centering yourself, centering your thoughts, and I, I try to just kind of take myself and do like a little bit of a body check, especially like during a workout. Um, where, you know, we do things like ankle tilts and our knee mobility and stuff like that. But after a set, you know, we a lot of things are done superset wise, you know, in the workouts. And after a set, just kind of, you know, working my ankle a little bit or just something to where I feel like I'm almost back to recentered. And before a lot of times, um, actually like this morning when um when we were doing some exercises, I remember standing um at the bar for a while and before going under i just wanted to kind of feel you know just kind of center myself before i do that especially um if you're loading up or whatever i just try to think you know think through those movements before i do them and i think that comes back to like what we were talking about with you know your mindset and visual visualization and all that stuff um i I just feel like there's different ways to do it i think that there's you know there's different um, times of the day, obviously, if you're talking about right before sleep or anything, I think you would need to find something because everybody's a little bit different. Uh, for me, um, I can pull out a book and start to read a book and instantly get tired. My wife, if she's reading a book, she can read a book all night. So those are two different things. If I need to figure out a way to fall, have her fall asleep. I'll turn on a movie that I've been waiting to watch for her, with her <laughs> and she will fall asleep instantly. But for me, it's, it's, it's a book or it's, you know, just a little bit of, because if the TV's on, I'm,
0: you're engaged. Yeah. I'm
2: engaged. Yeah. So, um, I think there's little tricks that, you know, everyone's probably a little bit different. Um, I can watch movies all night. If I don't turn off the TV, I will literally just be able to watch documentaries all night after she falls asleep or whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that there's definitely different, everyone's a little bit different and and I don't think that you know it, it's a weird the thing about sleep it's just a weird um development just like we were talking about five or six episodes ago when we were talking about the way people lift has changed to yeah. where now you're preventing injury not just doing your bench squat all that stuff mm-hmm. um sleep to me has always been viewed as you know the people who are broke sleep right that's the whole wall right. street Growing motto up. like right. if you're if you're not if you're sleeping, you're lazy. If you're sleeping, you know, but which obviously we're not saying sleep fourteen hours and miss a workout or whatever, but at the same time, the, all the studies that we've seen now on how important sleep is, we right. saw it. How many times they talk about sleep this year in uh Every, in Edmonton? Uh, I mean probably two, three times a week. Yeah, we had we had presentations. They were tracking our sleep. They were tracking like our sleep. They're talking going. about um, you know, different, uh, sounds to fall asleep to and apps and things like that. And, um, there's just been such an emphasis on the importance of sleep, um, and good sleep, you yeah, know, good not, there, that's, you know, and, the rim, good right? sleep, exactly. Yeah, right. It's just like lifting. I mean, there's lifting and there's good lifting. I mean, if you're, if you're sleeping, you need to do it the right way. And, and, uh, I'm sure we can touch on a few of those, but at the end of the day, it's, it's more about knowing that, yes, there's a balance. And there's probably that window that they always talk about where, you know, if you're over seven and a half, eight hours, it becomes harder for your body to then wake up and do the things you need to. Um, I know that there's the Fitbits and the Apple watches now um, that can monitor your heart rate and the REM cycle and, and and spot within a window, a good time to wake up rather than hitting yourself at in your deepest sleep, you know, things like that.
0: And I think what, what doesn't get communicated a lot is it takes a lot of energy to sleep yeah and that's what people don't really comprehend i think when it comes down to it is they think gosh why am i so tired after sleeping for 10 hours and 12 hours or whatever your body's working well your body is working so hard Mm -hmm. to keep you asleep to repair everything that's going on so on and so forth and you know once in a while yeah you might need to sleep that long that's a once in a while thing but not all the time and it's exhausting to spend that much energy and that's why you wake up sluggish mm-hmm. but when you hit that window where it's it's the money shot you know the seven some people it's five hours some it's right. people it's, it's like eight six, hours yeah it eight. just depends yeah. you know and, and a lot of times we get like the bmi stuff or or the the sleep stuff where they say here's your target well that's that's based on averages and we don't even know who those averages are based on right so you got to be a little bit more forthcoming with yourself and understand who you are and just take your own notes. You know, you know when you went to bed and you know when you woke up. So just write a little note to yourself. Felt great today. felt like crap today. Had a headache this morning, you know, whatever. And then you look at patterns and figure it out. I mean, that's all that these Apple watches and all these other things are doing. What they're doing though is basing it off averages. Right. So that may not be the best. I don't wear an Apple watch or do any of that stuff. I, it's too much information for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to have a good feel for what's going on. That's just the way I've always been, I guess. Um, and maybe I'm just showing my age there. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, it's understanding what sleep is. And it, it's it's caloric output trying to repair what's going on. And, you know, when people start talking about, well, well I only eat this much at night or I do this and or i go to bed really late but then i sleep in late or i i try to get to bed early but i wake up early i mean all those things it it really depends on the person because some people like i'm a morning person i get up and i get going my wife is not you know she'll get up but she doesn't want to get up mm-hmm. because she would rather work through the night and then have the morning to chill out you know on the weekends so everybody's wired a little bit differently and it would take a lot of energy for her to change that or it would take a lot of energy for me to be a night owl because I'm not one. Now, could I sit and watch a movie? Yeah, I'm guilty of that many, many times over. Right. But, you know, it's it's really getting to understand what sleep is and what the recovery is because as you know, the science of training is now showing us how important recovery is and how we all grew up and probably more me than you guys, but the grind of always being busy always doing something and never sitting down, we were taught to do that. And so when you went to sleep, you went to sleep. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about relaxation in the moment, that's a whole different thing. And it's, it's having a awareness that most people don't have. And that's what in in my definition of relaxation in competition, it's, there's a heightened awareness of, of what's going on. And part of that is, is understanding what adrenaline is. I don't think most people understand what adrenaline is because when we feel nerves, "quote unquote" butterflies, we get nervous. And I'll never forget as a kid, the first time I kind of started hearing about this was uh, it was a documentary or or something on Joe Montana, and it talked about the forgot what Super Bowl it was, but they were playing the Bengals and they were down by four, five, six, I don't know, and they had the ball at their own like ten yard line. There was a minute, two minutes left, and That it's a TV timeout, and the entire huddle is just freaking out because it's the moment that every football player has ever wanted in their life to have the ball in their hands with a little bit of time left to go down and win the Super Bowl. And Joe Montana, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, but Joe Montana walks into the huddle and goes, Guys, hey, John Candy's right over there. And the guys are looking around like, the heck? This guy's talking about John Candy and we're in the biggest moment Mm -hmm. of our professional careers. But it showed you who he was, how calm he was in the moment. Like, it's just like any other time. Don't freak out. Stay in the moment. Do your job, run your route, be on your assignment, you know, whatever, whatever. And they went down and they won the game. And seeing that as a kid really opened my eyes to the understanding of, okay, when there's a stressful moment, when there's a A situation that seems to have more pressure than usual, you've got to stay right there and don't let anything change. And it goes back to what we were talking about last week, cues, Mm -hmm. and not going big picture and freaking yourself out, but physiologically understanding what butterflies are. It's simply adrenaline and dopamine entering into your bloodstream. And because we don't live a thousand years ago, or in some cases now, where... It's life or death for some people, every moment of every day for them. So that's constantly going through them. So they're not getting self-conscious. They're not questioning themselves. They're reacting. But we live in a much different society than that now. And we're not faced with that every single second of every single day. And so when those opportunities present themselves to us, in some ways, people get self-conscious. But if you learn what it is physiologically, you can be in that moment and go, oh, yeah, I feel it. Okay, it's go time. And the people that truly succeed in the moment are the ones that understand that. However, they figured it out, they figured it out and they thrive on that moment. And that's a really cool thing. And it it takes understanding of relaxation in my definition of relaxation to get to that point.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's, you know, we've talked about it on previous ones, you know, there's ways in those moments um, that you can relax. And I think that that's attributed to your preparation. Mm -hmm. It's attributed to your, you know, work up until that moment. It's also on the same, at the same time, it's how your body's feeling in those moments. Because if you don't have the necessary rest and recovery and relaxation up until that point, if you're struggling with, you know, your thoughts, because you're spending so much energy trying to retain what you're doing, then it's hard to relax. The most relaxed I've ever been is the times where I know what the defense is doing. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know my job. And now I'm just playing, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think that, um, you know, in your in a a normal work environment, you know, if you're doing a presentation that somebody else wrote the notes for and did the slides for and you're going up there, that's a stressful situation, because you're not prepared. Right. you know what i mean and i think that it kind of goes you know hand in hand obviously you've got to put in the work but you always work better like you know i was never a when i was studying for with you know to get my mba i was never a a grinder six straight hours lot you know just into a book blah, blah blah i just never retained information that way i would have breaks i would get my mind off of something and then come back with a little bit of motivation to get through it i just you know Um, Some people call it procrastinating, Um, but I I honestly called it just like (laughs) getting my I didn't want to have, you know, I couldn't I couldn't open up a textbook and then, you know, just start, 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 because my mind would be okay Now I got practice tomorrow. I got this. I got that. okay cool. It's time to go, you know, play a game, go go get my mind off something. For me, that was me relaxing in in order to do what I had to do. And I think that people can do that in their everyday life as far as I have all these tasks to do. It feels like a mountain, but you got to put one foot in front of the other. And so if there's a time where, okay, I check something off my list, I think that there should be a little bit of a, a reset. Like I was talking about when we're working out, whether it's a queue or whatever. Um, you know, I think that you can do that, you know, during the day. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, they get paid a lot of money to try and get the most output out of their employees, specifically companies like Google and Apple and all these ones. They don't have these napping areas at their office because the people that are working there are lazy. They have napping areas because it allows people to reset their brain, their body, everything, and they become more creative. They have better ideas when they're well rested, when they're mm-hmm. relaxed. Right. And that's why they want, you know, any of those multi-million dollar companies, billion-dollar companies, bring your dog to work. Bring, you know, be comfortable here. Don't wear a suit every single day. Do what you need to do to be in that mindset to where you feel like you're at home and you can get your work done. And I think there's something to be said because, you know a lot of companies aren't afforded those luxuries to have that much, you know, infrastructure and and money and all that stuff to have those areas. But at the same time, those are the companies that are creating a lot of things about how we live our day to day lives. And there's something to be said about being able to be relaxed and be able to reset yourself during the day. Um, You know, obviously, I think that when people think about relaxing, some people don't, put up their feet until the very end of the day and and then right. they're trying to enjoy something with their family, whatever. Right. But I, I feel like you need to get to that place with more energy, you know, because throughout the day you're just running yourself so thin and, and it's wild because everybody has the same amount of minutes in the day. But if you, you know, those times you're zoning out at your desk on the internet, whatever, if you close your eyes, you know, obviously I don't want anybody to get fired because of this, but <laughs> if they printed out a sleep study and showed somebody, you know, we, we had a four and a half hour rule at, you know, at, uh, in the CFL. And that's where you're only required to be at the stadium for four and a half hours every day. Now I couldn't tell you one player that has ever one day only been at the stadium for four and a half hours because you're always going to treatment. You're going to film, you're going to watch extra, you know, whatever. Right. But there was definitely a time post-practice where the quarterbacks, we would go in and play ping pong for 30, you know, 30 minutes, at least maybe an Mm -hmm. hour before we, hop in the ice up go upstairs watch film start preparing for tomorrow and do all that stuff it was just a time to just kind of reset your mind you know whatever yeah. the activity is it doesn't always have to be to sleep um but there needs to be something in my opinion that that kind of gets your mind away from from the task at hand well it's
0: quant it's quality over quantity
2: right The like you're talking about if you were to just
0: grinding for eight straight hours of football, football football mm-hmm. football, football football practice film whatever whatever at some point that caloric output that's going through your brain is just going to be going, I, I'm not going to concentrate on this anymore. And you know, why do we have recess in school? Yeah. There you go. So, yep. You know, why do you have lunch yeah. and you're able to have an extent? It doesn't take an hour to eat food. Right. Right. It takes right. five to 10 minutes. So why are those things in schools? Well, obvious, right? You go for a couple hours, get a break You go for a couple hours, get a break, go for a couple hours, school's over. It's the same thing. It's, it's allowing the brain to move through different processes. And that's what people need to understand as well is it's, it's redefining the word relax. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you, it's almost a bad word to highly successful people relax. I don't relax. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here. And it's just like mindset. People hear mindset and they think that you're trying to be a self-help guru and just be positive all the time. That's not at all what we're saying either. Right. And you know, priorities, cues, and understanding who you are, your personal brand there, there's your mindset right Right. there. Right. So relaxation at the same time can be defined and, and we need to redefine what that means. And it's having ultimate control of your situation because you are calm in the moment. And any successful person will sit there and tell you in the most stressful times that there are, the best thing you can do is compose yourself. Stay calm, don't lose it, and be under control. And that takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of skill. And I really think that relax, relaxation should be a much more positive word in what we do. Because again, it doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean being lazy and It's been around for decades now of talking about like this book was written in the late '70s, early '80s. It's been around for a long time on the mainstream side of it, but again, we were all raised to never relax, Mm -hmm. never relent, never let down. And at the same time, now we're looking at and we go, "Wow! I mean, even Einstein. I mean, guy would work for a couple hours, take a 20-minute nap, Mm -hmm. work for a couple hours, take a 20-minute nap, reset himself." And that's well documented. And, you know, you, you look through history at some of these things and you go, wow, you know, if you really look at it and you define what we're talking about from a relaxation standpoint of understanding the moment and staying calm. I mean, some of the most amazing things that we've seen in our time in sports and business or whatever is when people are just there. You know, I mean, look at Michael Jordan. I mean, he's a great example. Kobe was a great example of this. Look at Usain Bolt. What does yeah. he do on the starting line? Some people think he's a jackass. He's calm. He's having fun. And what does he do? He goes out there and he wins. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because he's not in the moment just sitting there staring everybody down and super tense. Right. When you're doing that, that takes energy. Yeah. Being tense and standing there mad dogging everybody takes a lot of energy. And one of the most intimidating things in sports... In my opinion, and I talk to kids about this all the time, is when it's is at the end of the game or the competition or before a race, and everybody's tired and worn out, and you see people trying to have their quote unquote game face on, and their hands are either on their hips or their hands are you know their fists are all clenched up and whatever. But when the when the person that you're competing against is just kind of standing there, and they just have this like. Kind of nonchalant look in their face, like they're focused, but they're not angry, they're not whatever. You go out and go, uh oh, that person's ready. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, like I'm sure if you see a For guy sure. like that, you're like, oh, I'm not throwing in that guy's direction. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah. But you see the guy that's tense, you're like, oh, there's my guy.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I, think I think most of that comes from experience. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. most the calmest people have been in those situations yes. where they weren't calm. Yes. And it didn't come out the the best way and then Absolutely. they changed their you know their routine or whatever to where they've been in that that experience again and again and again Right. to where you know the way it can out the outcome can happen this way or this way right, right? but i can influence it to be the way that i want if i can remain calm because last time i wasn't calm yeah. and it went the wrong way right so right. i think a lot of that would like especially for myself how I'm able to be relaxed in times of stress is because I've been there before. Yeah. Right. And there was times of stress where I didn't handle it well. And I go back to those times and I think, well, why didn't I handle it? Why was I not calm? And then those experiences allow me to calm myself and take it to the next level.
0: Okay. So we've got people listening to this that are going, this is great. The redefinition of relaxation, understanding to stay calm, what nerves are so on and so forth. And they're going, okay, cool. What does that mean? How do I do that? So, I want both of you guys, if you can, think back to your rookie year. Mm -hmm. But you are you right now. Everything you know, everything you've experienced.
1: Oh, man, things would be a lot different.
0: Right. But you have an opportunity right now to go back to the rookie AJ Mm -hmm. and say, hey, look, man, I need you to do this, to stay calm, stay relaxed. What's that process mentally where you could advise yourself That and same with you, Logan. Like what, and I, I can do the same thing to myself. What is that? How would you describe that to yourself to be able to, in the moment, understand without having the experience? Because there's a high school kid, there's a college kid. There's
1: it's weird because I would just tell myself to relax, right? But it's like at the same time, I would have to like tell myself like you've been here before because when I, like when i was a rookie i felt like it was going to be like a whole new experience but in the end it it ends up just being football it's football it's it's still football you know that you take that
0: right there is a huge nugget mm-hmm. right because if you think about it most people going from jv to varsity going from an internship to a job you know so on and so forth you get so psyched out at the other mm-hmm. level that you don't sit back in many cases exactly what you just said is it is a huge thing you realized it's just football yeah it's it was just like a I huge did moment year. for me and i didn't
1: yeah. like just because once you're out there you had never been out there before you know i get in my first big game and it's like oh my god what like am, am i gonna mess up like all this anxiety rushes over you and then i make right. my first play and i'm like oh this is just like plays i made in college or you know, it's like this the mm-hmm. same, nothing has really changed. And then after you do it a couple of times, like I said, it comes with experience. You just learn to be calm
2: and accept, you know, whatever happens. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, if, I, I think that playing quarterback is a really weird position, okay? So I could relate a 100% to exactly what we're saying because i i I see that in baseball okay yes i'm nervous the lights are on just walked into fenway park i'm gonna take my first swing as a big leaguer and then you see that pitch go by but you've seen a 90 mile an hour fastball you've seen a curveball you've seen those things right um the only thing that i would say that's different is going from college to professional playing the position i do is the mental side of the game yes is so changed so right. for rookie logan going into new orleans i ran the same playbook for four years in college and our plays would be spread right zip y cross okay then i get to rookie mini camp and sean payton's in my ear and says jump to falcon right nasty nose alert slash 36 base keel 322 sticky oscar all right go So for me, it was not as much sit down and play. It was, okay, hold on. Now I got all these other guys looking at me. I got a first-round draft pick and Brandon Cook standing right here looking to make his mark. It's all rookies. I'm not worried about dropping back and playing, but I'm not looking at the play on a card. Now I've got 10 other guys with their shot uh, to live out their dream, looking at me to successfully communicate what just came through my helmet to them then they need to relay what they stayed up all night studying to go out and execute. Now I, I understand where we're coming from as far as I would tell myself that once that's parts over now it's football. But that was the biggest change for me was we were a no huddle spread system. One play every 17 seconds, look to the sideline, get a signal, make sure everybody's lined up, snap the ball. Now, Everybody walks the huddle not knowing if we're going to run, pass, fake kick, whatever the heck we're going to do. And they still don't know that. And my first snap in the NFL was on my own five yard line in the old St. Louis dome. And I'm sitting there like, okay, now it's loud. Where, you know, they got these guys, you know, I'm don't, okay, don't give up a safety. Don't throw in it, you know, don't turn the ball over. One first down is a win, you know, da da da. And then it becomes, you know, okay, everybody's out lined up. And right when you get under center, now it's play football. But the biggest for me was from huddle, from basically getting the play until I get to the line of scrimmage. That that was the biggest change because mm. Drew didn't wear a wristband, so everything was through the helmet. Luckily, when I went to uh, to uh, Toronto, same verbiage type West West Coast style verbiage, um, but with the twenty second play clock in Canada, every quarterback wears a wristband. It's just too difficult to communicate that quickly. Um, 45 second shot clock in, in the NFL, not many players are looking at the wristband to communi- communicate, communicate plays. So that was a bigger change for me. Um, I still would tell myself, like I said, exactly what AJ is saying. Once you get up to the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. it's football. And once you do get that ball in your hands, you're taking the same drops you've done since you're eight years old. You're using the same mechanics. You're anticipating the same windows. You're doing those things. Um, I would just say that the biggest difference for most young quarterbacks getting into the NFL um, is there's not many teams in college that run those types of systems. And so um, even that, you know, studying and trying to figure out, okay, it's 3.00 AM. You know, I got to be at the facility at 7.00 AM. Is it really a good idea for me to go through another hour and not retain this information and lose sleep? Or should I get up 30 minutes earlier on my way, you know, sitting there to get to my locker and then review my stuff that, you know, and I think those are all different, you know, whether you're cramming for a test, cramming for a presentation, an interview, whatever. Um, I do think there's a balance there for sure.
0: And that's, see, and and both of you guys make really, really good points. And, and I took a couple things from both of them, which I hope the listeners took as well. You know, AJ saying, okay, what I learned was it's just football and things are going to happen. And I just have to accept it and let it happen. So in my opinion... That is what you tell you, Mm -hmm. right? The night before or right before you're about to go on the field, you have a chance to just whisper in your own ear and go, it's just football. Things are going to happen. Let them happen, right? What I hear from you is there's an opportunity here that there's so much going on. It's for you and as a quarterback and what you went through, it's almost the night before, or two nights mm-hmm. before right you're having this conversation with yourself saying yeah. it's going to be fast there's going to be a lot going on before you get your hands under center to actually play football right so you've got to be focused focus on the cues you know what you're doing go to bed wake up two hours early and start looking at it again get a good breakfast in you so you've got energy to go right, right? you know it's it's and that's where that relaxation thing comes in because most people, like you said, are going to stay up till three because they're so freaked out about what's about to happen. And oh my gosh, I'm thinking about every freaking scenario that could happen. And it was the same thing for me, like going into my first competition as a pro, man, I thought through every gosh, time, my first competition ever was the pole vault as a pro. And it, I mean, I, gosh, man, I mean, it was it was exhilarating because it was my first time as a pro and this meet in san diego and and i'm sitting there and i'm and i'm thinking through all these things and i'm overthinking my step and where my plant's going to be and all these things and if i could go back it's just as simple as stay at 80 percent Yep. 80 to 90 percent is all the energy you're going to need your adrenaline will give you the rest but mentally of what i'm going to expend out on the track i'm going to put 80 to 90 percent physical effort into what i'm doing and let my adrenaline in in the situation do the rest so that i can stay smooth so that i can stay on top of what i need to focus on and that's where the calm the relaxation comes in because it, that is practice that takes practice right and you know the four fifths rule of of physical energy is part of that too is understanding what that means that if I try to say at every moment, every race, every competition that I went into, if I was trying to just gun it at a hundred percent all the time, I'm gonna be terrible. I'm probably gonna pull a hamstring or something, and I'm not gonna win very often, nor am I going to PR ever, personal record, for those of you that know what that means. And it's, it's getting to that understanding of you know what's happening to you physiologically, that if I can stay at four-fifths energy, my brain, my adrenaline, my situational awareness will take care of that other 20% so that i'm hyper aware of what's going on and my energy can be put into that. and the smoother i am, the faster i am in anything. and yeah. i think that's, you know, that's a communication to young athletes to experienced athletes that that just never hit their mark. it's getting to that understanding that you don't have to be in a full 100% gun all the time it's exhausting and it's it's almost physically impossible to get your best performance when you're that tense it's impossible and some of the greats that we always watch what's probably one of the the one thing that's universal to everybody that you've seen that was really really good and really successful you'd probably look at them go and they're smooth Mm -hmm. just about every single one that you can think of from an athletic standpoint or a presenter Mm -hmm. the presenters that are the most influential are the smooth ones, the ones that don't say, uh, 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 they're just talking and it's a flow that comes out and it's smooth and they're calm and they look in command. That's relaxation to me. That's what that means to me. And that's what I wanted to get across in this podcast today was you have to have a mindset of, of what you're going to do, what your priorities are, what your cues are. And then you take that mindset into the control and the calm and when you
2: put those two things together success is going to happen yeah yeah and i think that like you know you think about a guy running routes and you've you've guarded so many people aj but it's the guys that make all the noise and the cuts that yeah you know ah, ah. those are the worst it, ones yeah they're just yeah, expending yeah. so much energy it's the yeah. guys that you know like greg that just flies through mm-hmm. a route and you don't even hear anything mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's he's past you know it's the guys that can be calm in their in their body movements that aren't spending so much time and energy wasted yep. right it's right. all it's all yeah. a very efficient movement um you know i think it's weird you know that so many people are so different and even in our group that works out together a lot of people are different um and i was just thinking back when you were talking about it that i think that you get conditioned based on your surroundings so you know yes if you've gotten up to go to work at four thirty every morning you hopefully evolve yourself into being a morning person and then on the weekends, you're probably up earlier than the person that is typically getting up around nine because they just that's what your body's telling you. And I think it's the same thing when we when we work out. and um, you know, I see somebody like Alex who's a um, long distance runner in his you know or coach and that type of thing, but runs for long distances. He expends energy over a long period of time at the same rate. And mm-hmm. so when I watch him work out, He might not lift as much or, you know, do anything, you know, a higher jump or a more powerful movement, but he can just continue to go. And I feel like my, I'm conditioned to where, you know, we're used to four to six seconds of big effort, 20, 30 seconds apart. And then a five minute on the, you know, 10 minutes, sometimes dry, you know, sitting on the sideline, then go back out for short spurts. And, you know, there's times in the workout, like I specifically remember this morning, where I know that I'm not getting the type of response from my body that I want to. And so I will hop out to the court and shoot a couple free throws real quick. Yeah, or so I'll, go, do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll go yeah, I'll go just get my mind off something because I know that if I just give myself a break as far as it doesn't have to be a physical break, but just out of the same routine on some of the longer sets that we do, yeah, it's easier for me to come back and attack what I'm trying to do and be more present in the lift. And I do that all the time. I'll run out and go throw a tennis ball at the wall or whatever, work on a drop on the, on the track or something that just kind of resets me to, then I can go back because I just know that's how my body works. And what I would just tell the listeners would be not every single thing that you read online, not every single thing that you read in a book is going to apply specifically to you. But if you do the things like Ryan's saying, as far as tracking and learning from the information that you can gather about yourself, then you'll get a better battle plan as far as, you know, if you're attacking, you know, your fitness or just relaxation, like we're talking about right now, or, or any of those things, it's, it's a very personal item. And there's not a blanket, you know, statement that's just going to solve everybody's issue this year, every single day, we checked in on an iPad every single morning, what time we went to sleep, how much sleep we got, Okay what time we went to sleep and what they did was they looked over the entire season, look at the people that got injured, look at the people that, and they tried to, you know, to the best of their ability, obviously at that point, you're just relying on somebody's word and saying that this, when they went to sleep, mm-hmm. but um, that was part of the sleep study was to see if there was any correlation between people that were better rested than others. Or if there was, you know, this person, wow, first six weeks of the season, you know, he was getting seven, to eight hours every night. Now all of a sudden come playoff time, he's getting three hours and he pulls yeah. his hands for or whatever, you know, no, there right. was, there
1: was directly like, was- at, at the end of the year you showed us some studies guys that got less sleep started to perform worse yeah right yeah and you could tell but logan real quick i was just curious how do you handle like preparing for like a big test mm. and being able to relax like you not even on paper but just like any kind of test where you got to prepare and like how
2: do you relax building up to something that you know yeah it's gonna it's gonna be important yeah. um for me it's i don't know if this works for everybody but for me as long as i feel like i put in the time the preparation it's the same thing preparing for a game i've gone into games where i know i didn't prepare well enough and it sucks because in professional football you're looking at a bunch of guys that are doing that for their job and they have wives and children and stuff like that and um i felt where i'm like second quarter hits and i'm like dang you know i how did I miss these coverage? You know, how did I not know this as well as I should? Um, And that was early on in my career. And I feel like since then, it all comes back to preparation. And I feel like for me, if it's a test, if it's a game, whatever, um, I need to know going up in the two, three, four days ahead that I'm absorbing and putting in the work now, the lonely work that we talked about. I'm doing that now. And once I get to game day, I feel great. And, And I think that if you... It's the people that are not prepared is the people that are walking in on test day, memorizing their notes really quick, really quick, and then shove them in their back. Like, Give me the paper because they can only absorb so much information until it goes out. Um, you know, for, for me, it's just constantly in my own head, just saying, you know, Hey, I put in the work. Now it's just time to go have fun, you yeah. know? And obviously it's a little bit different than a linebacker that can go exert, you know, certain energy. And it's not so, Easy to, you know, football, once again, in that game, I mean, Manav would be a great one to talk about this because in golf, you are on an island. Everybody in the world knows when you shank that shot. Every, right? You know, in defense or in a lot of positions in football, things can get overlooked based on your teammates. That's why it's a team. You can lean on somebody. There's games where I've, you know, thrown zero touchdown passes and won football games not one of my great statistical games but you got guys around you that are picking you up you got defense making stops we've won three zero games we've won you know stuff like that and and at the end of the day that's the team aspect but if you're looking at your own personal success like on a test or a presentation or in a solo sport i think you gotta rely on your preparation that's why i love track you know it was
0: you step out on the track and if you have a bad performance that's on you Mm -hmm. if you have a bad block start or a bad long jump or your landing's off or you hit the bar going up and all these different things. I really liked that. I really liked the accountability side of it as I got older. It it was a little scary when I was younger. But as I got older, I really actually I reveled in I enjoyed that part of it because right. it was on me. A hundred percent it was on me. I couldn't blame a coach. Okay. I couldn't blame a uh, Not like i was dropping a relay stick or anything like that i mean it was 100 on me and one of the things that i've always done and i i try to get athletes to do this is no matter what you're doing it could be walking into the grocery store picking up groceries picking out what you're getting shopping online it could be whatever walking your dog no matter what you're doing there's a visualization that can happen from a relative standpoint of what your goal is. So if that's a competition that week, if that's a job interview, if that's a big test, whatever that is, I am going through my mind all of the time of when I pick up my phone, how does that relate to the pole vault? Whatever that is, right? Or if I'm reading something, how can I relate that to the test I'm about to take? My mind was always constantly on what that next thing was. And I was using that relative experience from all of these little experiences that I have throughout every day to prepare me for what's going to happen so that I've already been there in my head 10,000, 20,000 times before that test happens, before that competition happens. I've already been there. And so when I get there, it's
2: like, hey, it's finally here. It's time. Let's go. So to correlate that back to relaxation, Mm -hmm. did you almost approach... You, you to me it's almost like you approach sleep you approach um you know me resetting my mind by going to shoot a, you know whatever as almost you know it might seem like oh okay he's doing something that's like you know he's not focused whatever it's almost like that's a function of your focus it's yeah, like yeah. hey now Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. i'm going to work right now i gotta get yeah. some sleep like this is this is Absolutely. not like okay my job's done this is like hey now i need to get my mind off this and I'm doing this specifically because I know it's going to help me in my overall goal, right? Cuz
0: think about throwing a pick.
2: Yeah. What do you do?
0: You kind of walk away from it. Yeah. You think about it. You reset and you go back to work. Yeah. That's exactly what you just described of walking out to the basketball court during a workout, putting up a couple shots and walking back in. It's the exact same yeah. thing. It's relative. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm programmed I'm that way because yes.
2: Alex you know, He's just, just a, watching, he just goes, he just, he just, just goes, just goes. And, and like, that's
0: where his brain, goes. that's where it
2: is. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's what I was saying. So many people are different, you know, yep. um, now even the development, all the technology, we have the iPad on the, on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And so literally throw a pick, come over, grab the iPad, man, where'd that guy come from? You know mm-hmm. what? Oh, wow. They cut the boundary. Yep. I, I saw the corner bail pre-snap, didn't back over there. He ended up having the safety roll over the top. Cool. Saw what it was confirmed what it was on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Don't let it happen again, type thing, you know. And yeah. it's like, you know, I I've said this before on this podcast. I know, but um, when we we're talking about dealing with adversity and how to relax in those moments, um, in football, I can sit back and say, "Hey, look, man they they get paid too, right? Hey, let's <laughs> let's go out and go right. do it again." I mean, right. bottom line, that that's going to be on his highlight tape. That's awesome. Yep. But let's go get a highlight ourselves, right? I'm wondering from you, Ryan, and AJ, you ran track too, but if you fault in a long jump. How do you I mean in football, there's so many variables. There's so many variables. And you can almost trick your mind, you know, during a game mm-hmm. to settle down and be like, hey man, I hit him right in the chest. The ball popped up in the air and they made a heck of a play. What do you what right. are you gonna do? Right. Right. And sometimes it's cool to verbalize that. We do that amongst quarterbacks, like, you know, trap throws a pick, something like that. It's like, bro, like that, that was an amazing play. Like yeah. you're, you know, go out and do it again. Like, let's go. But mm-hmm. in track or in golf or in something where it's all on you, yeah, that's awesome you don't have to rely on somebody else and we we'll hope they're prepared. And that's how we do it. We, you know, I hope my old line knows these stunts that are coming at them because if not, I'm getting ear hold, but in track or something like that, or in presentation, it's all on you. And I don't right. know how, if you, what do you get three faults or two, faults?
0: three attempts, three attempts. Yeah.
2: Okay. Let's say you step on the line twice Yep. And, and now you're in the decathlon. You just need to register a number. Yep. How do you like, I mean, that situation, I mean, yeah, it's easy to say and be like, well, then you rely on your preparation. You stand there and you do. But like, right. I mean, what's going through your mind just when you're like, up, man, if I don't over. register a score in this event, I'm it's already ten percent down. Yeah, it's, it's over. over. I can't re. You know, I I don't even need my PR. I just need to get something I behind see, the freaking yeah, line. Get a mark.
0: Yeah, right. and that's that's a great question. It's the same thing. I mean, you got to I mean, relax in
2: that moment. I mean, I, it's, it's the only calm way.
0: and it's going. It goes back to cues. Yeah, and understanding cues. So let's say that I'm at an eight step. And i'm like okay i'm off right now if i if i'm in that situation a couple things are going through my mind one don't be so tense out of the back stay calm and make sure you're on the board Mm. and you've done it enough times that you understand what that means so you're not going to overstride. you're not trying to go out and pr you're just come down the runway nice and calm focus on your rhythm and just pop off right if you're like man i just i'm just so off i'm probably going to go down to because when you look at it like you practice all the time in warm and stuff, pole vault, uh, high jump, long jump, all these things, you you have marks, right? I have a five-step, yeah, I, I, like, I have a seven-step, I have an eight-step, a nine-step. I would just move up to a shorter step where I know that I can go at about 75% and still get a pretty good pop. Now, am I going to go out and jump 25, 26 feet? No. Can I jump 22 and still get an okay score? Yeah. I know I can jump 22 with my eyes closed. Right. So. I'm going to come up to a five and just pop off the board and go get a 22. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it, then it becomes chess. Right. Right. Because now it's just making a decision and being confident in that, in that decision. It's just like we were talking about last week. Right. It's, it comes down to making those decisions and those aren't always easy. And that's where you have to be calm and you can't get hot-headed and lose, you know, because if I were a younger guy, I would have been like, oh, forget that, man. I'm just going to rip it and I'm going to do it this time. And you're no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. no, you're not. No, you're You're yeah. gonna yeah. Fall. Yeah. and the competition's over. Right. And and that's what it comes down to is that calm and understanding like it's it's okay. Yeah, things are gonna happen like this. Just get a mark. It's okay. Just get a mark. You know, and mm. it's it's just having those conversations with yourself and understanding what that means in the moment. That, mm-hmm. you know, if you are going to go back on your preparation, understand what you have in the bag. And if you have a good understanding of what's in your bag, goes back to your personal brand and right. cues and all that. If you understand well enough who you are and what you have, you can do it. But if if you're gonna stay in this nervousness and this, I've gotta be at 100% all the time, that's what my dad and my mom and my coaches and everybody's always told me. Uh, that's when mistakes happen. Yeah. And ultimately, I hope that's where this conversation went that people understand. That it really does come down to knowing yourself and knowing how to stay calm and collected and under control in the scenario, even if you're a rookie at it. And by that, I don't mean being a professional athlete and being in your first year, just inexperienced. And that can be in anything. The first time that you talk to a coach on the phone, the first time you have to write a college entrance essay, don't get knotted up. Stay calm. You've written essays a thousand times in school. It's the same thing. Don't overthink it. Be you. And that to me, that is the relaxation aspect of it, of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and staying in the moment so that you can do what you always do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like it.
1: Cool. Cool deal. Have anything to add? Um, I really like uh, the Serenity Farms bath bombs for relaxation. There you go, I mean, a nice plug. There you there go. You go. <laughs> good All right, plug. fellas. Really good. Well, been fun again,
0: and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.